Welcome to Season 7 of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a fascinating journey into the lives of top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. They reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories many you've never heard before. I'm your host, George Hoffman, and please follow this podcast through our new partnership with Last Word on Sports. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is proudly presented by Mr. Duct, Chicagoland's premier comprehensive air duct cleaning and ventilation for residential and commercial properties. They're upfront and honest. Find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. This week, we feature part two of our interview with longtime and award-winning sportscaster, Greg Gumbel. One job is probably putting it lightly. I know that there are people who will give their right arm uh, to be sitting there next to uh, Clark Kellogg and Seth Davis on Selection Sunday or sitting next to Kenny Smith and Clark Kellogg and Charles Barkley when the tournament begins. Our first part aired in September, right before the NFL season. Now, Gumbel talks NCAA tournament, which he's hosted for 26 years. It's a massive undertaking and includes such notables as the one and only Charles Barkley. But we begin part two with an issue Gumbel once had to deal with, and it's a rather drenching one to say the least. Here, you're starting your career, you're doing stuff by the seat of your pants, but you also earned a rather unenviable nickname. Waterfall? Yeah. yeah. Could you please explain that? Brian and I are definitely two the birds of uh, two birds of different feathers. Um, Brian went into the business, and by the way, Brian has been in the business about three and a half to four years longer than I have. Um, he was the veteran. He's the one who told me about the opening at Channel 5 in Chicago, and I auditioned with a bunch of other people and they said, don't call us, we'll call you. But, um, but Bryant went into the job very, very cocksure uh, that he could do it. Uh, he had an attitude and he was a natural. I was not a natural at it. And when I got on the air, I sweat and I sweat buckets. And in, in, in back in the videotape room, they would watch me and they go, waterfall. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, so, so not only not only was I sweating, but here comes the makeup and the makeup is sweating <laughs> on the side of my face. Um, Brian was a natural. I would say it took me probably took me six months to a year to to acquire some kind of confidence in myself and what I was doing. And uh, and, and and one one perfectly sound reason that I have for being grateful to people at Channel 5 at the time is they stuck with me through it until I could figure out what it is I was supposed to do for myself. Okay, so you're no longer waterfall. No, no, not at no. Actually, I've, I've actually gone counterclockwise. I was, really? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> Phil, Sims, Phil Sims and I are waiting to do the Super Bowl in Tampa, Super Bowl 35 between the Giants and the Baltimore Ravens. Hi, everyone. We here at CBS Sports are pleased to welcome you to Super Bowl 35. I'm Greg Gumbel, along with Phil Simms. Each of these teams has enjoyed extraordinary success this season, and that's because of the performance of key personnel. And we're doing final, final notes and calculations and reminders, what we're supposed to do. And um, the music is blaring in the stadium. And I was singing along with it, and the producer in our ear says, 30 seconds, and I'm singing along, and Sims goes, what's the matter with you? We're about to do Super Bowl. And I get, that, that didn't bother me. I, it was the same thing at the, uh, at the Olympics in Lillehammer, Norway. 
Uh, it was going to be uh, it was going to be a big figure skating night, and uh, my executive producer in my ear says, uh, and this was midnight in in Lillehammer, and my producer says, uh, "Hey, are you ready? We're about to broadcast to about 180 million people," and I went, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> so no, so I can't say, and, and I'm not saying that it, it never affected me before, but but nowadays, I mean, people ask me, "Do I get nervous before I go on the air?" And now I said, "No." Um, if, uh, if, if I don't have a script or if something changes, I, I believe I have enough confidence in myself to be able to talk intelligently about the subject matter, about what it is that we're going to be watching or get the audience set for what they're getting ready to see. You've had an extraordinary career. You've been to so many places. You have had ups and you've had downs. You've been replaced by big names and you've replaced big names. It's quite a list and it's quite a career. It's the nature of the business. Um, I, I, I honestly think I have been extremely fortunate in that I've never been fired in a business that is known for firings. And by the way, being fired in this business is no shame. It's, it, it's no embarrassment because it's such a subjective business. You know, because this guy at this network likes my work doesn't mean that this guy at this network does or this guy at this network does. So it's, 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 really, it's really extremely subjective. And if you can buy that and, and, and understand it the way it is, then, then it shouldn't bother you at all. Um, as I said, it's never, it's never happened to me. If it had, it would not have surprised me. Um, I've worked for some people who didn't like me. I've worked for some people I didn't like. But it's, 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 it's a strange business, there's no doubt. People say, hey, are you going to write a book? And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. Would it be fair to say, Greg, that you now have one of the plum jobs anyone would want in the business, hosting the men's college basketball tournament, including Selection Sunday, always a must-watch event. You've done it now for 25 years. Good evening, everyone. I'm Greg Gumbel. Welcome to the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship Selection Show. Just a short while ago, the selection committee finished up this year's tournament brackets. 32 teams received an automatic bid. 36 await an at-large. Plum job is probably putting it lightly. I know that there are people who will give their right arm uh, to be sitting there next to uh, Clark Kellogg and Seth Davis on Selection Sunday or sitting next to Kenny Smith and Clark Kellogg and Charles Barkley when the tournament begins to be to be able to, to to talk about what we've just seen or what we're going to see with them. And there are people who don't get that chance. And I am never, ever going to take for granted the fact that I've been very fortunate that, that to be able to do that. Every time, George, I start to complain about the fact that you sign off in the studio, those first two games, those first two days of the tournament are absolute murder. Uh, 16 games on Thursday, 16 games on Friday. The last game finishes up usually at about 1 a.m., 1.30 in the morning. And then you have to be back in at 7.30 the next morning in order to be able to do production meetings, uh, do voiceovers, uh, rehearsal, uh, do research, makeup, all of those things to get you set for, for, for the noon starting time. And then you do the same thing again, 16 different teams. It's the same thing like in football. I tell people, you know, you, you go all week long making up these boards to do a football game. And you say, well, why so much study? It's like, because number 88 last week is not the same as number 88 this week. Yeah. You know, and, and those things change. 
pronunciations are important to me. Uh, there's been oh, a lifetime of people maybe not completely mispronouncing my name, but distorting it a little bit from time to time. And, uh, and I never want to do that to an athlete. Uh, if I ever mispronounce an athlete's name, number one, I hear it from his family. Number two, I hear it from the school or the team. And, and number three, I apologize for it as soon as I can, because I don't think that's, that, that's, that's something light or should be taken for granted. As I said, it's incredibly popular. And there are plenty of critics, too, who also wonder, where are the games? Of course, they're now on four different channels at the beginning. And why aren't you going to this one? Or why aren't you going to that one? And I guess the one person who gets most of the complaints is you. Sure, sure, uh, because I'm the face, and I, and I don't, you know, the funny thing is, you're right, before, before this union with Turner Sports, where we were able to show every game from start to finish at, at a different channel, we did, we had to make some value judgments, this game is out of reach, therefore we're going to take you to this one, and the switchboards would explode, people in Kentucky, how dare you take them away from their Kentucky Wildcats, you go, yeah, but the Kentucky Wildcats were leading by 35 with a minute and a half to play. No, you've got to take that game to the end or else you're in big trouble with them. The voicemails that I would get, we're watching our game. Greg Gumbel's got to stick his big nose in. <laughs> and I'm telling you, so I, I remember at one point, yeah, uh, my boss, Sean McManus, the uh, chairman of CBS Sports, I would forward the voicemails to him. <laughs> And he came into the studio one day. He goes, Greg, I said, hi, Sean. He goes, stop forwarding me that. <laughs> he says, I know they're coming and I know you take the heat. But, but, but you know, those examples, those are, those are people that you can't, you, it's, it's the, it's the, it was the perfect, the perfect example of not being able to please everybody. But yet, at the same time, if, if the NCAA tournament is about anything, it's about buzzer beaters. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long ways. They won it. They go length of the court with Archie Diakono. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. The national champions with Jenkins hitting the winner at the buzzer. And we always wanted to get someone to the site of a possible buzzer beater. And uh, it's like when I do a football game, you go, just give me a game that's within seven to 10 points going into the last six minutes of play. Uh, in basketball, if you have a game that's coming down to the wire and it is within four, six points, yeah, you've got to take the majority of your audience to that game to be able to see them because you'll never hear the end of it if they miss it. And they don't want to watch it. In highlights, they want to watch it real time. So, so what we do now is we have the game going on. And then in the upper corner, we have what the other games are, what the score is, and where you can find them on your television. Yeah. If you're watching a game on CBS, you can watch this game on TNT. You can watch this game on TBS. You can watch this game on uh, True TV. 
When's the last time you had your air ducts cleaned? Here's the best solution. Mr. Duct, a name Chicagoland has trusted for over 20 years. They work on your furnaces, air conditioners, and do repairs, maintenance, and installations. In other words, they're your all-around company for air quality choice and more. Mr. Duct provides on-site commercial ventilation cleaning estimates. You'd be hard-pressed to find better. So give them a call at 888-4-MR-DUCT. That's 888-497-3828. And Mr. Duct is the right choice to clean your residential dryer vents. They do a full inspection to make sure your dryers are running properly. Mr. Duct works with schools, health facilities, and office buildings to make sure you're breathing clean air. Their testimonials are endless, and with good reason. So don't think twice when you're ready to work on air ducts, dry vents, and so much more. Just think Mr. Duct. 888 for Mr. Duct. That's 888-497-3828. And find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. Over the years, you and you've mentioned you've worked with so many analysts and characters. You mentioned one in Terry Bradshaw. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Charles Barkley, who I think is not only bigger than life, he's louder than life. Well, yeah, that too. Um, he's also, he's, he, you know, a lot of people think, a lot of people look to him in and go, oh, that big dumb Barkley is, there's nothing dumb about Charles Barkley. I don't believe he says anything off the top of his head. I think that whatever he says, he has thought it through and that he knows exactly what he's doing and why he does it. There's no question he knows the game of basketball. The difference between Charles Barkley and everybody else is he says absolutely what he thinks and what he believes. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people, but we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. we all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like, like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's, let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. And you cannot say that for everybody else on TV, but you can certainly say it about Charles Barkley. Oh, he's, he's a joy. We mentioned about replacing people or being replaced. And you had the task of replacing Brent Musburger as the host of the NFL Today on CBS. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I was there the night that Brent Musburger, or the weekend that Brent, Mus Brent Musburger was let go by CBS. This was during the Final Four in Denver, Denver. Say 1990 or 1991. I'm there covering the event as a freelance. What was that like when you were told you're replacing the guy who basically established the NFL today? But as you know, this was my last assignment for CBS. After 22 years with the television network, radio network and the stations and i have had an opportunity to work with some of the greatest directors producers technicians in the world folks i've had the best seat in the house thanks for sharing it i'll see you down the road first of all i didn't know that i was going to replace him when i heard about it i was there in in denver and when i heard about it you know i i saw brent and i went over and i started to say something and i opened my mouth and nothing came out and he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, sit down. And we sat down and he says, listen, you're going to be fine. And he said, don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. But see, I had known Brent from our days in Chicago. So it wasn't, you know, he was at Channel 2 when I started at Channel 5. Yes. So this, so this wasn't, so this wasn't uh, 
two strangers talking. We had known each other. And, um, and, and it was a little bit overwhelming at times to be able to, to, to step into the shoes of someone who basically made pregame television. Yeah. He basically defined the whole thing. You are looking live at RFK Stadium in Washington, where the Buccaneers are making their first ever visit. Tampa Bay hopes to make some capital of its own as Benny Testaverde returns after being sidelined with a bruised knee. And not everybody liked Brent. He didn't care. Um, he was he was great at what he did. Um, the, to, to be able to go from one game to another to another, if we make it look easy, then we are extremely grateful. I want to go back to the NCAA tournament for a moment because you were there and behind the mic on Selection Sunday when Northwestern finally made its first ever tournament. Did that give you a little extra thrill? Now, the number eight seed out of the West. There they are, the Northwestern Wildcats. 78 years in the making. Their first ever NCAA tournament, 23 wins, a school record. There is a well-deserved celebration. Hey, what took you guys so long? <laughs> and then, the other day, Gumble got to do it again. From the Big Ten, the Northwestern Wildcats, 21 and 11, Coach Chris Collins, <laughs> Coach of the Year. Second trip for the Wildcats to the tournament. Hey, they have their fun. And they earned it in Illinois. They earned it. Great Terrific surprise. season. Second place finish in the Big Ten, where they were 12 and 8. I don't know about extra thrill. I do know that I was happy for them. Uh, I witnessed to, witness to, to all of that pain and suffering uh, for a long time. Uh, it, it's actually been nice to see uh, the, the, the Northwestern surge in athletics because, you know, their football team came of age a few years ago. And, and when I was a kid, when I was a kid, my dad would take us to a Northwestern game every once in a while. I remember, gosh, was it the Woodson twins mm -hmm. um, who played for them? And, and uh, there was a triple threat quarterback named Dick Thornton. Uh, that's, that's going back a little further than I can remember. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed to say so, George, because I can't do anything about it. But the fact is, I do think, I do think that they had, that they had some, some quality football players at the time. And then obviously, uh, football became a bigger thing uh, and a bigger moneymaker than perhaps anybody thought it would. And, they, um, and, and, and they've, they faded into the background until uh, some people came along and changed the program, put it in the right direction. It would take me too much time to mention some of the events that you have covered during your career. So is there one that stands out or perhaps maybe an event you simply think of as the best or most interesting you were ever involved in? Well, to say, to say that I found myself doing things that I never, ever expected to do uh, would be putting it mildly. So, you know, I've, I've done, I've worked three Olympics, um, the Alberville Games, Winter Games in 92, uh, Lillehammer in 94, and Atlanta in 96. Um, that is a sport that requires a great deal of work, uh, keeping your head about you, and, and an awful lot of help. I was the primetime host for the Lillehammer Games, and I began studying with researchers at CBS a year and a half in advance.
Welcome to Norway, home of spectacular fjords, legendary trolls, and magical northern lights. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Gumbel. And by sitting down and studying, I mean spending an hour to an hour and a half, five days a week, five nights a week, with two guys who just knew everything there is to know about the biathlon and about cross-country skiing and about the ski jump and bobsled and luge and everything else that, that, that you're going to run into. And the problem with the Olympics that most people don't realize is that the average person is dealing with sports that we don't really know, that we haven't grown up following, and that all of a sudden it's thrust upon us. So I, I can go into a baseball game blind and, and as far as statistics go and still be able to describe what I'm seeing and why it's happening and what to expect here. Same with a football game and a basketball game. But the Olympics, you know, the biathlon, I, I told Conan O'Brien, I had just gotten back from Milan, and I said, you know, the, the, the thing that got me about uh, the biathlon is that these guys would ski and stop and shoot and ski and stop and shoot and go, who knew? I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and those are the things those are the reasons why you study for what you do. Just before the games commenced in Lillehammer, the Tanya Harding-Nancy Kerrigan incident took place in Detroit. Harding attacked Kerrigan with a baton, and it eventually became very big news, Greg, when the games began. Why? 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 <laughs> I don't know, it's some hard, hard black stick. Something really, really hard. Help me. That happened at a practice session. So, um, so it was one of those things where, you know, everybody learns about it later. And then, you know, the night, the night of the skate, um, the whole world was tuned in. Aren't you surprised that doesn't happen more often with all of the pressure that's put on Olympic athletes and representing the country and that's a whole, that's a whole big deal, um, which, is, which has been subjugated to money because I disliked the introduction, for instance, of NBA players into the Olympics. I thought it was tremendous when college basketball players, the best of college basketball was participating and, and competing for the United States in the Olympics. I thought, I thought when the NBA players came in, it was a given, it was an over and done deal and it wasn't nearly as much fun to watch. If you're looking to attend any of the upcoming matchups of the Big Dance, we want you to use our friends at Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. They've got the most competitive prices on the secondary market, and your purchase is 100% safe and guaranteed with Ticket Smarter's service commitment. Plus, they've got an offer to make it even better to use Ticket Smarter. Use their promo code HOOPS23 to take $10 off your order. That's HOOPS23 to save $10 with Ticket Smarter. And their code is good for as many times as you want to use it for games in March. The madness is upon us all the way through the title weekend in Houston, and we want you to think smarter, ticket smarter, and remember their code, HOOPS23. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? 
Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's a l l b i r d s.com. Code SUPER24. If you want to hear more guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, all you have to do is go to Last Word on Sports on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the many wonderful interviews we've done dating back to January of 2021. We resume with Greg Gumbel on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I've read this and I've heard this, and you are adamant about people not watching games because of broadcasters. No, I, I feel the same way that I'm watching a championship game or a game because I'm watching the game. Yet, I also feel that there are broadcasters who enhance the game. They make the game more pleasurable to watch. Do you agree? I think most do. I think most do. What I am adamant about is those people who are so obnoxious and so full of themselves as to think that they are the reason why people are tuned in and not the event itself, those are the ones that bore me to a point where, you know, I, I told someone ago, about a month ago um, doing one of these interviews, George, that there are people that I will not watch. I won't, I don't wanna hear them. You know, I, I will just go, oh, I don't absolutely need to watch this. And I think that if they feel people are tuning in to hear them, Number one, they're fooling themselves. Or number two, those aren't really sports fans who are tuning in. Because if you tune in just to hear this guy talk, then you're not really a sports fan. To me, you tune in to watch the event, to watch the game itself. What do you do away from sports? You mean other than listen to the Rolling Stones? <laughs> yeah, other than listening to the Rolling Stones, yes. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 love, I love to read. I'm a big fiction writer. I have some... I have some favorite authors. I, uh, I try to spend as much time as I can watching uh, my granddaughter grow up. I keep mentioning my granddaughter because uh, we, weren't, uh, we weren't originally supposed to have her. And um, my daughter was told that uh, she couldn't have children. And then uh, X number of years later, uh, she popped up pregnant. So uh, we have Riley running around now. And Riley is now 10 years old and a fifth grader and the light of our lives. So here you are in your mid-70s. Have you given thought when it's time to say enough is enough? You know, other people have given it more thought than I have. Huh. Uh, and, I, and I think that when that time comes around, that it will hit me over the head more than I will think about it. Um, there are people who ask me why I still do what I do. And the very bottom line is that I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy on a Sunday afternoon walking into a football game. I've had great partners to work with, Phil Sims and Dan Deardorff. Here at Soldier Field in Chicago, the Bears, very much of a win that they needed, 23-10 to 10 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, they were the favorites in today's game, Greg. They were at home, and they just took care of business. Nothing spectacular, but beating Jacksonville is seldom spectacular. And Trent Green and Rich Cannon and Adam Archuleta. You know, uh, to, to be able to sit down, to exchange thoughts and ideas as we watch this game unfold, uh, me saying what happened, my partner saying why it happened, and to be able to tell a story without being overbearing, without, you know, I, there are some people who think that they get paid by the word. They don't. I grew up listening to, uh, to broadcasters like Pat Summerall, mm -hmm. who, uh, who didn't talk wall to wall. 
Todd Perry back in the Bear lineup. 200 Denver. The pass receiving tight end of the Bears makes that reception, and that's enough for a first down. I'm a big believer in hearing a football game as much as watching it. To hear the players clap their hands as they break the huddle, to hear the quarterback call the signals, um, all of those things, to hear the, the, the clash of, of the shoulder pads as they happen on the field without some guy. And I, and I make this point, too, to our producers and our directors filling the screen with all kinds of useless information is ridiculous. You know, you can tell people what they need to know. But meanwhile, you're, you're, the, the screen is full of people. I can say that there are three wide receivers to the left, but the fans can't see it. You know, those are the things that I think are important to me as a broadcaster and relating what the game is for the viewers. And I try not to get in the viewer's way. Not everybody feels that way. I ask this final question to all my guests. If not for sports journalism, what would you have been? First of all, that's a really good question. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that what I do is sports journalism. I believe that what my brother does now is, uh, I think, his show. I'm Bryant Gumbel of HBO's Real Sports with a story about what's being called internet gaming disorder, an addiction to video games. Some experts are saying it's a very real problem and a dangerous one to boot. Great show. It's a terrific show. Having said that, uh, some of my friends know, and he knows that I don't watch it. <laughs> what? I, I don't watch it. I don't why? watch it, and here's, and here's why. Because I am a big believer in the nuts and bolts of sports. Who won, who lost, why? How many points did he score? How many points did she score? Why? Um, the shows, and the stories that Bryant does, and I've, I've used this as a good example. Little kid lost his parents when he was four years old, was taught to throw a football by his maternal grandmother, and now he's throwing for 450 yards a week in college. It's a nice story, but I don't want to watch it. I want to watch, I want to watch the game that he's involved in. I want to watch the, the, the games that are happening on Sunday. I don't want to know what happens with this guy when he goes home. Uh, what, what he does in his spare time. I don't care. I want to know what he does and how prepared he is when he hits the field. Does so, your brother know this? Sure he does. Okay. Sure he does. Yeah. Um, look, if I said that to someone other than him first, it would get back to him sooner or later. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but I think those are, those are things that, uh, that are considered sports journalism. And I don't think that what I do is sports journalism. Now, as far as what I would be doing, I'm not sure. I did a couple of other jobs before I got into broadcasting. I didn't get into broadcasting until I was 26 years old. Uh, I was an assistant advertising director at a, at a chain of clothing stores in Chicago. Do you remember Litton's? Litton's yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was an assistant advertising director at Litton's as soon as I got out of college. Um, a year after that, I became uh, the head buyer of paper and printing for Time Incorporated in Chicago. Um, people say, what the hell is that? You ever pick up a magazine in a bookstore and all that stuff falls out of it, the flyers and then, and then. Oh, yeah. I purchased the paper and hired the printer for all direct mail, renewal, and promotional material for Time Life, Sports Illustrated, Fortune, Time Life, Books and Records. Oh, and so, that, you were, so you were the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that for two and a half years. And then I was a sales representative for American Hospital Supply. And anything that you find in a hospital, I sold it. 
Wow. And, and I was and I was assigned to the city of Detroit. And I was there for a year and a half and I was really, really good at it. And I really, really hated it, George. I really hated a purchasing agent calling my house at five in the morning going, where are my needles and syringes? Where are my bed sheets? Where is, uh, at that time is the time that my brother called and said, do you think you might be interested in doing sports on TV? And, uh, and I told people, I go, let me see. Bed ball, uh, bedpans, baseball, bedpans, baseball. Yeah, I think I'd rather get that shirt. So, so could I do something else? Yeah. Would I be happy doing it? Not nearly as happy as, as what I'm doing now. Wow, this has been a real kick. It took a while, but uh, it was well worth the wait. You are an absolute credit to our industry, and I will continue to watch, and uh, most especially, Selection Sunday and the first round of the NCAA tournament, which you're so synonymous with. Greg Gumbel, thank you so much for telling me a story I don't know. Thanks for having me, George. My tremendous thanks to CBS Sports, Intersports, and Real Sports on HBO for those fantastic highlights. And my thanks as always to the people behind the scenes that helped make this wonderful podcast possible. TJ Reeves for putting us on the map, Will Hatzel for his crafty editing, Nick Tochi for our wonderful graphics, and to our new partner, Last Word on Sports. And to our presenting sponsor, Mr. Duct. You can find them at mrductcleaning.com. Tune in next week when we feature another intriguing guest on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.